Each week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y Charts. Quality data with easy to use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of Y Charts for the price of 12, plus a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, June 19th, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley. And again, I thank you, as I do every day, for joining me. And of course, I want to hear all your investment questions. It's time to give me a call. Everything, anything financial, we'll talk about. And when you make that call, and I'm sure you will, uh, you drive the show. You take it to the places you want to take it to. You you discuss what you want to discuss. So you know, uh, you want to if you want to take it to individual stocks, and that's where we go. If you want to talk about economics, we'll talk about that. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve today, because that was the big news today. But our goal here on Invest Talk is always to help educate you, me, everybody, so that we can all achieve that financial freedom that we want. And that means we all have to think independently. And I'm going to share, we want to share our success with each other, share the information, try to help everybody else get to the same point, and that is to have enough money where we don't have to worry about money. That's hard to do, but over time, everybody can get there. You can. So today, this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you along that financial freedom path, and we'll do it all together, one step at a time. All right, anytime listener line number is open, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time every day, Monday through Friday. And my main talking point today concerns this opinion. Danger for dividend investors. Don't get steamrolled as the economy sours. Now, no one is really thinking that the economy is souring. The Federal Reserve doesn't. So why do I think... There's dangers ahead. That's one of the things we're going to explore in the uh, wealth conference this weekend and Saturday in Irvine. So why? There's there's cracks developing, and we've seen them start way before last summer. We saw some cracks, and I mentioned them, the cracks in the economy developing, and they were very small and nothing to worry about yet. But those cracks are continually getting bigger. So it's a concern. It is a concern. So. When If the economy does sours, what's the danger to dividend investors? And that's what we're going to talk about. That's going to be our main talking point today. You know, big fat dividends are all nice, but not necessarily what you're asking for. That's not what you should reach for. You should reach for growing dividends, not just big dividends, growing dividends. Now, it'd be nice to have growing big dividends, but you know, that's generally those two things generally don't necessarily go in hand in hand. So that's what we're going to discuss. That's our main talking point. Of course, we're going to talk about the Fed at some point. Uh, I want to talk about U.S. consumer debt. U.S. consumer debt. That's going to be very, very uh, interesting to discuss. And where is it going? And how much is it? And what does it relate to? 
And I want to talk about insider buying. You know, in the last few years, that has been the big issue driving stocks. Insider buying. Corporations buying their own stocks. Insiders buying their own stocks. Most of the buybacks by corporations. So I want to talk about that. But insider buying, too, is important. I also want to talk about the nine or so, maybe I won't get to all nine, but the highest unexpectedly paying jobs out there. High unexpectedly paying jobs. What are they? It's interesting, I thought, and what, how much money you can make. And we didn't get to it yesterday, but if we can, I'm going to try to get to uh, the housing and builder stocks. They've been downgraded. They've been downgraded. That doesn't seem right in a growing economy. And interest rates, mortgage rates being low, coming down and been coming down. So why would the builder stocks and related builder companies be downgraded? Housing stocks. Hmm. The market was up today. Not nearly as it was yesterday, but it was up. The Dow was up 38. The Nasdaq up 33. And the Nasdaq up 9. Nine. So it was an up day for the market, and we're right really close to our old highs that we made a month ago and then last year. Hmm. So there is where we are. Okay, time to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. We're going to go ahead and take a first caller here, Emika in Cincinnati. How you doing, Emika? Hi, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Thank you so much for the knowledge, you and Justin and the rest of the team. Thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you about Teva Pharmaceutical. I know you spoke about it yesterday. What do you think about yep. the debts? Because I have been looking at it. Do you think the debts is not good? Because I know you talked to a guy yesterday and you were telling him it's good. But what do you think about the debts? That that is the is a big worry. They've been working on it to try to bring it down, and that's one of the things that's hanging over their head is the amount of debt that they have. This is Teva Pharmaceuticals, everybody. T E V A is what we're talking about. We we talked about it yesterday, and I said, you know, man, it's awful inexpensive, uh, and it looks like it's trying to put in a bottom, uh, and it was what da- down two percent today to eight dollars and eighteen cents. Uh, but it is, you know, the question is, is it, is it a value trap or is it a very good value stock? It is a developer of generic and specialty and over-the-counter drugs and pharmaceutical agreement, ingredients. It's a $9 billion company. It has $4.3 billion in sales in last quarter all by itself. So it's four quarter, $12 billion worth of sales in a eight, $9 billion company is really a good value. But the sales have been falling. And earnings are finally going to stabilize, not this year, but next year, to $2.57 a share. So it makes it look very valuable. And then, of course, Amika here is talking about the debt it carries. Can it afford the debt? Well, cash flow is $4.56. And so it should be able to carry the debt, but I would feel more comfortable if they keep taking it down, which they have been doing. I would feel more comfortable about it when it was a much bigger company. The debt didn't look so bad, but now, it, you know, $9 billion company, it looks pretty big. But I I'm, I think that the debt is there, Amika, but I don't think it's something that will destroy the company. And that's what you're worried about. Can they survive? And I think they will. 
And it's a high-risk play, Mika. Don't 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 misunderstand me. It, it, you're taking a risk, but I think you know with a little bit of your money, it might be a good risk to take. We'll see. Thanks for the call, Teva Teva Pharmaceuticals, or Teva. Some people say Teva. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and since we are now only three days away from the Invest Talk Wealth Conference, that's this weekend, Saturday, I strongly encourage you to consider signing up today at InvestTalk.com. Your objective is to achieve financial freedom, right? Well, the quickest way to jumpstart your effort is to be in the room when Justin Klein and I, and I'm going to have Jason as well, our other money manager in the office, uh, talk about it in a two-hour conference. We're going to talk about this Investment Talk Wealth Conference. It's Saturday, Irvine, California, south of Los Angeles, south Orange County, at our wealth conference. Justin and I will help you. We'll help you. We're going to help you understand the current volatility market and the global economic environment. I'm going to talk about that. We'll give you a plan to boost income and manage your investment risk. Justin's going to discuss that. So is uh, Jason. And then, uh, and finally, we'll define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. How to find these things. You can take control of your financial future, everybody, if you know how. So please, we'll help you. Make your plans for Saturday, 9 to 11 in the morning in Irvine. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. So let's talk about the Fed rate policy statement that came out. So they left rates alone, right? You saw the decision. They left the rates alone, which was not any really big surprise. I still think they should have raised them. I mean, they should have lowered them. I, I think they should have lowered them myself, but they didn't. The Fed has always been late, by the way, always. So anyways, they didn't. And they said that in their statement, which is kind of interesting, that uh, the language was that the Fed is concerned about inflation. Give me a break. We just had inflation numbers out and it fell. And we're at 1.2% 1. 1. a year. And their goal is 2.5%. And they've been worried about inflation all the nine times they raised rates up till December. And uh, there's no, been no inflation the whole time. There's not going to be any inflation. Inflation is produced basically by printing money printing more money than is needed in the economy. And they control the printing of the money. Give me a break. Anyways, so they said that they're worried about inflation and they see the labor market as strong, which, oh, give me a break. Of course it's strong. It's not what it is. It's what you what you look about in the, look out in the future. So, does the, so do you think the Fed thinks they made a mistake? No. No. And raising rates in December, do you think they... No, they don't. They'll never admit to that. They can't. 
but they're losing control over the interest rates. The market is going to dictate. And notice what the market's doing with interest rates. Have you seen the bond market lately? Skyrocketing. It's been moving up sharply, meaning the interest rates are coming down. The market is telling you the interest rates have to be lower. And the Fed is behind the eight ball. So, anyways, let's keep in mind that the Fed has not cut rates since 2008, during the, before that recession. And, and so, anyways, I just think they're late. The Fed never wants to perceive a yield to yielding pre, to pressure. So, you know, even though the, the gov, uh, Trump, President Trump, wants them to lower rates. Maybe for selfish reasons, I, you know, I don't care. I don't. I think they should lower rate because they should get ahead of it instead of being always reacting and being proactive. But that's my opinion, and of course they're not going to listen to me. Anyways, so they're not. They didn't raise the rates. They don't. Um, they think that they're not going to raise the rates as long as the economy stays strong. I I feel that they will be raising rates sometime this summer. And a lot of a lot of quote unquote experts believe that too. But I, I think they will. I think they will. I think there's going to be more cracks in the economy appearing. I'm not talking about a big recession or anything necessarily, even though the longer they don't lower the rates, the more likely the recession is going to happen sooner. But who knows? No one knows. Meanwhile, the Dow is on pace for the best June since 1940 because it had one of the worst Mays. Since that length of time, too. So, we have a rebound, all right? Not unusual. And, of course, you saw Bitcoin. Bitcoin is now worth $9,131 from a pretty low number. Remember, it got up to, what, twenty, twenty-five thousand. 25000 I don't know. Anyways. And, um, okay, as early as 2014, video game streaming was predicted to be the future of gaming. And now, Amazon has scaled back their gaming investment, but Microsoft is launching a video game streaming service, sort of a Netflix for gaming or gaming on demand. It's going to be a streaming service for their Xbox and One games and so on and so forth. It's going to be like you pay a fee a month and you get all their games streaming live on any of your your uh, machines. Interesting kind of concept. So that's what they're doing. Kind of lots of things always happening. This is Invest Talk, and we're already more than halfway through this June. And I understand that many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolios in shape. I understand that. That's normal. But please do not worry. You are not in this alone. So at InvestTalk, KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. We do. Because we want to reach that goal. So feel free to contact me or Justin anytime at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And now I'm going to do uh, work. You give us a call. Take your financial questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Arash, Arash in North Carolina. How you doing, Arash? Hey, I'm doing good. I wanted to know your opinion about Intel and mm-hmm. wanted to know what price is is good price you think for buying. 
Okay. Intel Corporation, everybody. It's, of course, the, the chip stocks have been in a down swoon for some time. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking that they look pretty valuable at this point. I mean, of course, they're affected by the Chinese, very sensitive to the Chinese uh, U.S. Uh, talks about trade, right? I mean, the very sensitive. The, the, all the chip stocks were. And Intel's one of them. And everybody knows Intel. It's huge, $210 billion company. And their earnings are going to go up next year, four dollars and forty-nine cents from four twenty-seven. The high point was last year at four fifty-eight, four dollars and fifty-eight cents. So from four fifty-eight to four twenty-seven, but it's a forty-seven dollar stock. So you're talking about a ten, eleven PE, and the range is nine to seventeen for the last five years. Thirty percent return on equity. Sales growth is kind of flat, but that's already built into the stock. So. I think a really good price is the low 40s, uh, Araj, low 40s. So if you bought some here, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. And if it goes down to 42 or 43, it's at 47 now, uh, I'd buy more. So I think in the low 40s is a good price for Intel. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Kyle on Walnut Creek. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I have a question about um, the free commission trade app, uh, Robinhood. If it's something as like a startup investor, or somebody that's getting into it, is it something that you would utilize to keep your cost down? Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yes. I actually think they're pretty good. I think it's a pretty good idea to get started in investing. The Robinhood app, I mean, it's basically for, for the newbie and you know, they don't have a lot of money, but you plan on continuing to put money in. I think it's a good idea. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to buy stocks because I'd rather see you buy ETFs of the indexes until you get enough money that you can buy a group of stocks and spread the risk. But I think it's a I think the apps, the those online apps are, are pretty 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 good. Many of them are. Um, so I, I don't have any problem with it. Robinhood is one of the better ones. So uh, you have you have my thumbs up on that. Okay, Kyle? Appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, for research, we use white charts, as you know. We, we probably have talked about it off and on. But white charts is one of our, our main research tools that we use. And if you ever looked at it, you'll see why. It is extremely powerful. Um, it's got all the economic data you want on the economies, and not just just not here in the United States, everywhere, you know, all in a very easy way to format it and see it. And then it has very powerful research tools. And it's something that if you are really serious about investing and doing it yourself, you need to check it out. Y charts with the letter Y, C-H-A-R-T-S, Y charts. Now, let's go to one of our talking points, our one of our main our main talking point was about dividends. Danger for dividend investors: don't get streamrolled as the economy sours. And the whole the whole article is based on it's great to be dividend investors. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't chase high dividends just because they're paying high dividends. That's a bad philosophy. What you want to chase is high dividend growth. In other words, a company that every year increases its dividend, every year. 
That's what you should be chasing. The dividend could be one, two, three percent, but as long as they're going growing ten, twenty percent a year, been doing it for years, that's what your where your interest lies. And you know, it's a very good way to invest in stocks, dividend, high dividend paying stocks. And when I say high dividend, I mean high dividend growth. Of course you want them to be high dividends, but if you get a dividend that pays 8%, but can't do it year after year, and some years it falls and pays nothing and the stock gets beat up, then you're not really you're not really getting anywhere. But a three or four percent dividend, and then pays a dividend, reinvest the dividend into more stock. I mean, I, I think that's a good way to build wealth. Over time, that will build great wealth. And there's a there's you know, Warren Buffett bought Coca Cola, umpteen bazillion years ago. He makes more in dividends now from that buy than what he paid for. For the stock when he bought it. He makes more dividends every year than what he paid for in the stock when he first bought it. Building wealth. So, and Coca-Cola built, increased their dividends, increased the dividends over all those years. I don't know if they still are. I haven't checked it out in a long time. But that's how, that's how you do it. Buy good stocks at good prices that pay dividends and grow their dividends over the years. There's a book out called Dividend Achievers, Dividend Achievers, and it just page after page after page of different dividend stocks, and, and it tells you how many years they've been. There's one in, it's called the Dividend Aristocrats, where they've increased their dividends like 20 years or more every year. I mean, it's great. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, how stock market investors are playing stronger defense now now more than before, even before the financial crisis of 2008, as we're going to talk about tomorrow. As we go to break, here's a quick question for you. Do you know the single most important question you should answer? Well, do you? Well, when when you're talking about in a job interview, what's the most important question? I'll have the answer back. We're going to come back. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. In today's low yield world, it is difficult to find great income opportunities while still maintaining safety and liquidity. Steve and I can help you. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Justin Klein. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference. Saturday, June 22nd. The countdown continues. We are just three days from a very special event, the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's a live two hour learning opportunity led by Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. At the Wealth Conference happening this Saturday morning in Irvine, Steve and Justin will define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. You can take control of your financial future if you know how. 
To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, so step up with your finance and investment questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So what's the answer? How, you know, what's, so the, the question, the question. Um, uh, <clears throat> I miss, I lost my, my computer lost my, hold on. <laughs> Okay, so the question was, what did you do to prepare for this job interview? What did you do to prepare for this job interview? So that's the single most important question you should be able to answer. And that is, what did you do to prepare for this interview? That's the question you're going to be asked almost by every boss who's looking for people, every hiring manager asking questions, ask that question. And I know for a fact that that works. I have had many nieces and nephews talk. I've talked to them going, moving as they moved into the job markets, how to best interview, how to get that first job. And it's really, really important. And I just had one niece who got one just recently, you know, paying a really good salary that she got by being very prepared about the company she was interviewing with. And they asked that question. That was a question they asked. So, how, what did you do to prepare for this interview? And, I quite, and the answer was for her and for most that I push is to make sure you know everything about the company that you can find out. Find out what their products are, what they're doing, what's their marketing strategy, uh, who's in charge. Mention, you know, the, the CEO and the CFO and anybody that, you know, that, and mention what their new products are going, are going what what they've said in their last uh, financial statement. All those things. Learn everything you can about the company, and also mention their competitors. You know, ABC Company is doing X Y Z, and I think you, I think this company has identified that that's one of their competitors. And there, that you know, the smarter you sound, the more likely you are to get that job. So make sure. What did you do? To prepare for this interview, well, what you did is you did a lot of research. You did research. For instance, I know that the company XYZ is doing this. I know the direction of the company. I know the job I'm looking for fits into the company this way. You know, and you know, you'll come across as super smart and they'll hire you. If you want to not get the job, don't prepare at all. Now, let's go and answer another question. Our anytime listener line is always open, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Keith from Redondo Beach. Got a question for Justin, who has said on a couple of occasions that index funds are not a good place to be during a recession. I'm just curious, what makes a recession particularly bad for index funds? Are they better during a bull market? Are they better at any other time? And if indexes are particularly bad for a bear market, where else would you be? If you had insight on what stocks were going to win during this bear market, well, presumably you'd have that same insight during uh, a bull market. So are indexes ever a good idea? Thanks. I'll listen on the show. Bye-bye. Well, sure. Long-term, long-term, 10, 20 years, indexes are good passive investment. But why they're bad in a bear market is because they go exactly down with the bear market. There's no hedging. There's no, there's, you know, a bear market means to go down 30% or more. 
20% or more. And usually the average is 30%. And it could be more. It was down 50% the last percent. So if you were in an index, that's how far you went down. And if you were in a tech index, you would have gone down 80%. So what do you do? You hedge. We've talked about hedging. You hedge. How do you hedge? Well, you can hedge by actually shorting some uh, high high beta index, you know, that goes down much faster. You can short that index and hold on to your other. Or you go to cash with some of your money. You don't get out completely ever. But or you go to uh, index or uh, stocks that hold up much better in a falling market. And we've mentioned that. For instance, utilities are very defensive in nature in a slowing economy and a falling market. Look what the utilities have done this year so far. So there are things you can do to protect yourself, not completely, but partially. And if you're in just a 100% in index fund, you're going to go down with the market and you'll go up the market. Nothing wrong with that long term. But there could be several years where you lose 50% of your portfolio. And do you want to go through that? You can protect yourself from some of that. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Let's go to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I was uh, looking at this, uh, I think it's a mutual fund, and I don't think it's been around very long. The ticker symbol is CNCR, and it's in the biotech area, and I just wondered what you thought of it. Okay, let's take a quick look at that. CNCR. I can tell you it's not a mutual fund because all mutual funds end with an X. Okay? All in all mutual funds oh, okay. end with an X and there's five symbols. So CNCR is a company. Lone Car Cancer Immunother. Immunother. I don't know how to say that word. It's an exchange-traded fund. It is an ETF, exchange-traded fund, so it's not a mutual fund. But, of course, ETFs okay. are like mutual funds. Okay, so it's similar. So it's an exchange-traded fund seeking investment results corresponding to the Lone Car Cancer Immunotherapy Index. So it's tracking an index, a specific cancer index. I don't know what's in it, but it's got a bunch of stocks in it that do that. Um, and so I, I'd have to. I don't. I'm not familiar with this ETF. It's a very small, lightly traded ETF. It's not well known. It only has 38 million dollars. I mean, that's really, really, really tiny. Um, yeah, that's small. And the volume is very, very light. So, I, I, because of how small it is, uh, will I probably stay away from it because it's way so okay. so small and maybe illiquid. You know, in other words, hard to trade, hard to buy in, yeah. buy out without affecting the price. But, you know, if you want something in that area, there's nothing wrong with buying something in that area. I just find, I try to find something else. Thanks for the call, Will. Appreciate it. Let's go to Sharon in Colorado. How you doing, Sharon? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Love the show. Well, I'm okay, fighting off this cold. Um, <laughs> okay, this go is my ahead. question. If Fed was to keep interest rates low for, say, 10 years and essentially uh -huh. avoiding a bear market, so to speak. Um, don't, yes. don't markets need, like, a bear market, like, for certain sectors and for everybody else to kind of get into the market and even it out? Like, what would happen if we don't have a bear market? No thing goes on sale, oh. right? <laughs> Good question, Grant. Hold on. Okay. 
That's a good question, Karen. Um, we will have a bear market. The Fed cannot prevent bear markets. As a matter of fact, the Fed can be said to cause a lot of bear markets. Uh, but I don't think you have to worry about a bear market coming because it's coming. I can't tell you when. We've been 10 years without a bear market. And that is, as you point out, a very, very long time. But bear markets are part of the cycle, and this cycle has been going on for umpteen bazillion years. We're talking Uh decades upon decades. So um, the Fed can push it around. It can delay it. It can make the bear market less painful. It can make it less deep. You know, uh, it can make the bull market longer. The Fed can do those kinds of things by its interest rate uh, manipulation. Right now, they have very Uh low rates. The Fed can lower uh-huh. the rate, and that w- that will probably reduce the d- depth of the next recession and the depth of the next bear market. But it probably won't avoid it. Uh, okay, so I think okay. the Fed is late. The mark because the, the interest rates by the public, because the public is the one that controls the rate. The Fed only complo- controls one rate, and that's the overnight rate it lends to banks. The public controls all the others, and the public is driving down interest rates. Driving down, okay. the public is worried about the economy. The public is worried. The, the, when I tell you the public, I'm talking about the investing public. And those guys, as a okay. group, usually are pretty smart. So they're signaling dangers ahead in the economy. And the Fed is saying, I don't see so. Well, I, I, don't, I believe the, the investors more than I believe the Fed because they've turned out to be yeah. right. But they just never, we just never know when, Sharon. I can't tell you, like, is it going to happen next month or is it going to be next year or could it be the year after? I have a feeling since when, then, I think we're going to see it in 2020. I really do. But we'll see. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Thank you for the call, Sharon. It's a good question. Thank you. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So I think it's safe to assume that you are serious about investing and you want to grow your wealth like everybody else, right? I mean, that's great. We all want that. But of course, as you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear and that creeps into your judgment process. Fear and greed are the only two emotions that matter and they do affect your judgment. They do. It's hard to avoid it. It's very hard. So we have you got to you got to understand the risk that you're taking and how you feel about risk personally. And of course, we have that tool, that free online tool called Riskalyze. That it's a questionnaire that tries to it, what it does is it scores your personal risk from zero to one hundred, and it, just to give you some kind of relation, uh, a score of eighty is about what the score of the S and P five hundred is because we can score stocks with this same software. It's really interesting. So if you want to know what your personal risk tolerance is, go to investtalk.com, answer the questions. There's not only a few of them. So now I'm waiting for your questions. I wanted to answer any and all questions. 888-99-CHART. A quick reminder, if there's a term that you hear mentioned on the program, but you're unclear about what it means or you have a question about it, we want you to ask it's very likely that you're not the only one with that same question. 888-99-CHART. Disney theme parks are raising the price of admission immediately by 30%. That's 30%. 
Don't you think that's quite a lot? Seems like a lot to me. Why are they doing it? Because they can. That's why. Disney expects the new Star Wars experience in California and Florida to do do strong business because there's been high demand. So they want to raise prices. And did you know that Disney takes in $20 billion in theme park emission revenue each year? $20 billion. And that that's their biggest contributor to Disney's bottom line. Not the movies, not cartoons, not gaming, not their their television uh, division, not their ESPN theme parks. Interesting, huh? Theme parks, that's where they make their most money. That's Disney. 888-99-CHART. So I told you earlier in the first half of the hour, the Fed left rates alone. So, you know, and they're worried about, still worried about inflation and think the economy is doing pretty good and they're going to keep an eye on it. Uh-huh. And the market was up. Dow was up 38, NASDAQ up 33, and that be up 9. United States consumer debt. U.S. consumer debt is at $14 trillion in the first quarter of 2019. That is the highest it has ever been. The last high point was in 2008, just before the recession, at $13 trillion. Credit cards, auto loans, mortgages, student loans. Student loans alone was $1.4 trillion in the first quarter of 2019. And back in 2008, it was $611 billion. It more than doubled since then. But of course, the economy's in better shape. And I don't know how bad these loans are. They Are, are they bad loans? Are they loans that you got to worry about? Well, who knows? It is a lot of loans out there. So, so um, insider buying. Tech companies have seen their most insider buying in the last couple of weeks and and significant, there were significant amounts of insider buying, and in particular, chip companies like Intel, we were just talking about, and other chip companies. might They might be at the bottom of their cycle, the chip companies, meaning that it might be time to buy them. Uh, don't know for sure. No one knows for sure ever, right? No one does. But it is interesting and something worthy of note that... Insiders are buying, and tech companies are the most insiders buying. Apple is planning on moving 30% of its production out of China. Of the over 200 million iPhones units sold last year, 90% were manufactured outside of China. Did you know that? Not inside. Outside. And they're moving more out of China. Huh. I wonder where they're moving that to. I think I think I read somewhere that a lot of that's coming. A lot of some of their maybe not their iPhone production, but some of their computers and production is coming here to the United States. Isn't that a good thing? This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues right after this break. So get your questions in now. Eight eight eight. 99 chart.
On the next Invest Talk, how stock market investors are playing stronger defense now than before the financial crisis of 2008. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Ray. I would like to know about uh, Takeda Pharmaceuticals. The uh, symbol is T-A-K. I would like to know uh, what you think about this stock and what is a good entry point. Thank you. Okay, Takeda Pharmaceuticals, T-A-K, develops products and treats disease, GI diseases and cancer, neurological and uh, psychiatric diseases, hypertension and vaccines. And it's a fairly new company. It came out in public in December of 2018, so it's past its six months. Remember, I told you never buy a stock less than six months because after six months, the insiders get to sell it and realize their profits. This is a little bit different. It's a $28 billion company that does five to $6 billion of sales a quarter. So it's a big company that's been around a while. They make money. They're going to make $1.79 this year. Uh, I'm sorry. They're going to make uh, 67 cents this year, $1.79 next year, and they're projected to make $2.05 in 2021. It's a $17.82 stock. So it's a pretty good value. There's two areas that I see in the market that has pretty good value. And one is in the the pharmaceutical, drugs, healthcare sector, and the other is chips, chip sector. I see some really good values not telling you to go buy them all. I'm just saying that this is a pretty darn good value. Their sales growth this most recent quarter was 72%. Before that, the sales growth was only 5%. It's kind of erratic on its sales growth. So, But it's got some strong earnings numbers coming in and not a lot of debt. So I think it's a good price for this stock at $17.82. I do. Okay. Takata Pharmaceuticals, TA. K T A K. Okay, now um, nine unexpected high-paying jobs. Well, I don't know if I'm going to get to all nine of them, but they were pretty interesting jobs that no one probably thinks of or thinks much of. And the first one on the list is funeral services manager. Now, who wants to be a funeral services manager? Well, anybody who wants to make between ninety-four dollars and $151,000 a year. How's that? $100,000 job. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Or how about an elevator installer and repair person? On the low end, they make $80,000. the high end, they make $121,000 to install and repair elevators. If you're not college-bound and you don't want to be a college-bound, that's the kind of job that you want to have a decent living, right? Here's one that I think is kind of fun. I kind of would have, would have liked this in my youth anyways. How about being a captain or a pilot on a, on a boat, not a big ship? I'm not even talking about a big ship, but even a small ship. They range from 82000 to 100000 to be a, a captain or a pilot. Not bad. A prison warden, one I wouldn't want to do. That's $100,000. $101,000 is the median salary. $101,000. That's not bad at all. Air traffic controller, $100,000 to $124,000. Now, I don't know about, it's kind of high pressure, right? I mean, 
I understand it's kind of high pressure to be one of these because you're looking at all these flights and you got to make sure they're all not going to run into each other as they come into the airport and out of the airport. But maybe a pilot would be more fun. They make about the median on a pilot salary is 115,000 median. So that might be a good idea. I have a nephew who uh, who is went through the Air Force Academy and is going to fly those F-35s and he's going to do that for eight years or so and then he wants to be a you know, commercial pilot after that. So that'd be kind of exciting. So those are some of the jobs out there that are available for you. If you, you know, there's so many other kinds of jobs that are pretty good paying, but they take skills. You got to learn a skill. You don't have to be huge in debt in college. Take huge debt in college just to go to college. I have way too many nieces and nephews that are going to college because that's what you're supposed to do. And they're, you know, the parents are bankrupt themselves or they bankrupt, the kids bankrupt themselves paying for these colleges. That the kids, and I've had a number of them graduate and really haven't used their degree. So it just seems like a kind of waste. If you have a purpose, it's not a waste. I think you should go to college. I think it's a very good place to be. But not if you're just going to go to a, you know, community college if you don't know what you want. Much cheaper. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions. Justin will be here tomorrow, and I'll return on Friday. And you know that means I will be sharing highlights from my latest KPP Premium newsletter, which I'll be starting rewriting tomorrow. So, everybody, have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 